Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow-up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Now, listen, they want me to say hello. Welcome to the James Well Best Bits of Tonight's Show which you can hear every night, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio from 7 till 10. But I said, wouldn't it be best to call it the worst of whale? So have a listen. See what you think. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Right, let's talk to Dean Russell, Conservative MP for Watford, member of the Health and Social Care Select. Kevney joins us now. Hi, good evening to you, James. Everybody's coming out with new, uh, new uh, uh, what, symptoms. What's the term? You symptoms, yeah. and uh, and it, now the symptoms today. Well, everybody has quite a lot of the time, and we knew about the one well, they told us today as well. Yeah. So why well, why think, are we bothering with all this? I think it's a, it's a really great question and, and a really important one. I think that the, the, the key thing with all of this is um, is really that we're making sure that we are putting the right symptoms out there for people to check against. And there's a long list, as with anything, you know, if you've got a cold or, you know, flu or hay fever, there's always a long trail of, of sort of, but there's some core yeah. key symptoms, which I think people like need to be aware of. And they're, you know, a high temperature, a new, and it's important to say new, continuous cough. And now we've added to that, that list of, of, of three things, which is a loss or change to sense of smell or taste. And, and the reason why that's so important to now add it is that we've, Done a lot of work, but we've not. Hang on, that was added at the beginning. That wasn't. That's not been added, mate. That's been known ever since this started. We've been told that that was the main. So who got the idea? This has been added. It's it's added to the new shortlist of um, key coronavirus symptoms. So this is added to the the. If you go to the .gov website, uh, up until recently, it was a high temperature and new continuous cough, and this has now been added. You're just putting. You're just putting stuff on there. That, that scientists and people come up with and say, oh, we better add that to it, we better add this to it. Here's a yeah. question for you that no one seems to answer. Now, this is, it's terribly tragic when anybody dies, all right? My heart goes out to them. I've had cancer myself. I know about all the, these things. And we're all going to die from something. Uh, and this uh, seems to be quite a, a prevalent virus. A lot of people have got it. A lot of people have had it, didn't even know they've got it. And sadly, some people... And we are, it is confirmed by the experts, but they are a minority of people. And a lot of people die from all kinds of symptoms. But we have ruined the economy. I mean, the question is, was it really worth it? Yes, I think it was important Why? that we looked after people. Why? Because the, the of course it's important. Well, that goes economy. without saying, Dean. 
no, but health, health and the economy need to be balanced. And I think if... if we well, they're been, not, are they? Yeah, but if we'd been in this position now and we were talking about hundreds of thousands of deaths uh, because of this, because we hadn't put the social distancing measures in place, if we hadn't uh, uh, looked after the economy, don't forget we put furlough schemes and we put in all of these pieces so that people can, we can hopefully bounce back. And I'm sure we will come out of this um, to be able to of do that. Of course we're going to we come have- out of it. We're going to come out of it anyway. It seemed that people I mean, thought today they'd come out of it already. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, but imagine if we were in this position now and we hadn't put those measures in place. You know, we, we would have lost more people. It would have been a worse situation. And I think the reality is at this point, we need to make sure that as we start to come, you know, come out of this softly and slowly with yeah. the new alert system, that we can do it in a safe way. And that's really where a lot of these measures come into place. But in the early mm. stages, let's not forget, at the very start of this, didn't know, nobody knew in the world what we were going to actually be dealing with. The first week or two of this, everyone was worried that the NHS would be overawed, and that's why we put so much effort into getting um, ventilators in place and, and hospital spaces and the Nightingale hospitals in place. If we hadn't done that um, and we'd needed them, we would be in a much worse position than we are now. And thankfully, we, we got prepared on that front and got ahead of it. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Carly McWood is the Labour MP for Birmingham Perry Bar, who joins us now. Carly, very good evening to you. Thank you so much good for evening, your James. time. It's time for everybody to get back to work, but with obviously being careful about how we behave, which we should have done years ago about all sorts of other things, because basically we are a pretty filthy nation. Yeah, well, look, I think this is very serious, and we we would, in terms of our economy, uh, of course we need to get back uh, the country working and moving forward. Uh, And I think really, I mean, this advice currently about the uh, issue with with the loss of smell and the... uh, taste in terms of your throat i mean if the coronavirus settles through your nose and through your throat uh those two things are going to happen we've spent a huge amount of time uh completely blacklisting everybody on social media we even mentioned that word and now we're coming up with similar advice that these people were giving a couple of months ago uh on this uh, some of these silly uh social media posts mm. and really, well, you have no business I'm sorry, but MPs have no business black, uh, um, a blackboarding or blackballing or whatever, uh, anybody in the media, because you're supposed to answer our questions. And uh, the question is this. It's really sad. I mean, I can't go on how, how sad it is when... Well, hang on a minute, and then you can have your say. It's a very sad thing when people die. You know, I've, I've had cancer. My wife died from cancer. It is an absolute tragedy. People die... Every day, walking across the road, they, they you know, they get a, a really bad disease or they have something that isn't thought to be that bad and then suddenly they die. It's terrible, yeah. absolutely terrible. But we've picked on one disease and we've gone absolutely mad about everything. So is the whole world, by the way, you know. And we are now in such a pickle and are going to be for some time. People have lost their jobs, they've lost their dreams, they've lost their livelihoods, their homes in some cases. we just got to get back to normal as quickly as we can and stop going on about oh well the thing the r's going up the r's going down the people have got to take responsibility we've got to be careful about transmitting disease we should have been years ago by the way and yeah. now let's get back to some sort of reality yeah well, now look, your first turn of all, thank you james first of all uh, i've lost my kidneys and i've had a kidney transplant 
this weekend, I've lost my aunt, not through to COVID, but due to the fact she had a stroke about a year ago. Uh, and obviously, she couldn't carry on. She had a very low blood pressure, uh, and then we lost her. Uh, and of course, people die. People die throughout the normal course uh, of the way that society is. Uh, and that's normal. The slight difference here is that this can be transmitted to healthy people, uh, people who wouldn't normally, under normal circumstances, uh, would die. And I think that is the issue. And that issue can be resolved. That issue can be resolved. It isn't. I'm I'm sorry, Khalid. I'm sorry. I've got to question you there. It can be transmitted to people. Lots of things can be transmitted to people. It can be transmitted and people die from it. And that is very sad, as I said before. But, you know, if you look at the age range of people who've died, it's very, very, very few who've died who are under 30 um i think sadly and it is sad that only three children have died from it i mean it is not hundreds of people and thousands of people who are healthy in their 40s and 50s yeah but james what i'm saying what i'm saying is and you're right in that and there's been a huge amount of people from the bame community over 30 percent of all deaths uh have been from the bame community people who bus drivers people who work in hospitals uh and all of that what I'm trying to say, and, and if you just let me just bear with this one single point, yeah. is that there are precautions that we can take. If we take those precautions properly, and had we been in time to be able to deliver some of those precautions, uh, in 2009, there was a, 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 a section set up to deal with pandemics. Uh, and then what we did after that was it was all, all, all disassembled. Uh, we couldn't afford it anymore. And when that happens, then we lead ourselves to these sort of things. We and the government has to prepare for these things. And if you're properly prepared, then it hits us less. And there's countries have proven that. Sweden is one of them. And other countries, Germany to a large extent, has, has proven that as well. And we need to be better prepared to be able to move these things. And we can avoid this. And I agree with you that. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Uh, so plastic screens to separate customers and a three-pint limit are some of the plans for when pubs are allowed to reopen. But what other arrangements should be made for when pubs finally reopen their doors? I mean, are we ever going to get to go to them, I wonder? Jonathan Downey is the founder of the Hospitality Union. We talked to him the other day as well. Uh, Jonathan, tell me uh, what what you think about all of this. Uh, Well, it's interesting times, I think, for pubs and uh, bars, cafes and restaurants. We're yet to see what the government's going to allow and when they allow it. Uh, We've been told that maybe July the 4th, but that's still seven weeks away, just under seven weeks. Mm. I think uh, it feels like the sentiment, the tide is turning a little bit, and, you know, with the good weather and... uh, and so on, that perhaps we could be opening some uh, venues sooner than that. But how are they going to survive the pubs? They're on their uppers anyway with the smoking ban and then this ban and that ban and cheap supermarkets. Smoking ban was the best thing that could ever happen. They're going to have a tenth of their normal... They're not going to be able to allow, you know, Mm. 90% of what they'd let let in before. How are they going to survive? Yeah, it is going to be very difficult. I mean, I think we've lost 10,000 pubs in the UK in the last 20 years. I think we're going to lose 10,000 more in the next 20 weeks unless we find a way around this virus and all the physical distancing rules and everything else that's, you know, is working against pubs uh, being able to operate in a sensible and commercial, uh, sustainable way. We'll see. I think think that will all change as long as people remember 
You know, one one of our big problems, I think, is we're not clean enough anyway. People don't wash yeah. very often. Certainly, the evidence is in every pub by uh, by people going to the toilet and not really washing their hands afterwards. Uh, and and the state after after an evening of of the of the conveniences in pubs is quite often disgusting. Even though the pubs try to keep them clean, yeah. it is the yeah. people who go there and use them that don't seem to be interested. And I'm hoping that this virus will have made us all aware of uh, how we need to change our behaviour. Yeah, I, I agree. I think no, none of us want to dip our fingers in the peanuts anymore. I think it's going to take a while, and uh, we, we've. I think we need to see what the government comes out with in terms of this physical distancing, and whether it's two metres or one metres, or, no. or no metres. You can't stand at the bar a metre apart from the next person. It just doesn't work. So I think for smaller venues, we're hoping that they those physical distancing rules don't apply. So I just think, you know, businesses should be allowed to get on with it and customers should be allowed to make their own choices as to whether they want to go into a pub or not. Uh, it's, you know, that, that's what that's how things have always been. And uh, hopefully that will be the case going forward. You know. All right. Uh, Jonathan, thank you very much for your time. Uh, Jonathan Downey, founder of Hospitality Union. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. The Public Accounts Committee has today accused HS2 and the Department for Transport of being blindsided by contact with reality. Oh. It's very nice of the Public Accounts Committee to say that, isn't it? Yeah. Really? What does I it mean? mean? Uh, as long as we keep giving money away. Yeah. Um, it means they think they, they shouldn't be spending too much, this much on HS2. No. The report said uh, they're badly off course and said there was no excuse for hiding the nature of the extent of the problems. Well, I'm sure there isn't. Um, Henry uh, Murison, director of the Northern Powerhouse Partnership and a supporter like myself, and I think like Ash, yeah. of HS2. Um, Henry, good evening to you. Evening, thanks for having me on. That's all right, Henry. I was rather wishing you were. We got somebody on who didn't like it at any cost, but they. <laughs> yeah. uh, then I thought, why should I upset Andrew uh, Bridgen so much um, at the moment? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is just—it it annoys me now when we get this kind of uh, negativity. It's going to be built. Let's just get on and get it built. And uh, you know, if any contractors sort of uh, go a bit excessive with the money, just jump on them. I think that's right. And I think, to be honest, this is we've had a lot of reports into HS2. We had a stock take from Alan Cook. We had a report by the Oakley Commission that was appointed by the Prime Minister. Um, and, and to be honest, they came to similar conclusions, which is that HS2 as a company could have done a better job, that the government could have supervised it better. I think those of us who are supporters of this project have never wanted to give this a, a, a blank check. Certainly we never have. We've been really clear that it's got to be done properly and as, as cheaply and cost effectively as possible, because Although we need this infrastructure, we're also mindful, particularly in the current time, that government investment is not limitless. We have to be able to make prioritised choices. And actually, because this is an investment we can spread over a long period, actually, per annum, it's a relatively small investment on a yearly basis. And I think a lot of people who get upset about the cost need to realise that, that it's not like going out and buying a new car cash. In reality, we're buying this in, in, in kind of stages, like a, a car payment. Yeah. So people are going to, the government's going to pay for this project, but we're going to pay a little every year for the next few decades. And it'll pay for the itself, benefits will it? last hundreds of years, yeah. I mean, we'll still be, I mean, the north of England, we're using railways, they built us 300 years ago. So, That's I mean, we, 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 get, we get value out of these things. And I think that 
the, the challenge we've got is that at the moment, clearly people aren't traveling. And so we kind of have to remember what it was like trying to get between our, our big cities mm. and, and also between places, uh, towns, for instance, that rely on the rail network and on the roads. But if we want to get trucks around without polluting the atmosphere, if we want to be able to decarbonize, so use less fossil fuels, we've got to get freight off the roads and onto the railways. And to do that, we need to get the passenger trains off the old Victorian railways that us in the north of England have been mm. living with for a very long time without any new ones and have some new railways alongside them. And I think the, the particularly those journeys, for instance, from Leeds to Birmingham are absolutely chronically difficult to make. And what this infrastructure will do, particularly this new integrated network the Prime Minister's promised north of Birmingham, so a railway that goes east to west from Liverpool across to Hull mm. up to Newcastle, as well as down to Birmingham and on to London, is much better value for money. Just a railway that goes north-south was a good idea, but actually a railway that goes north, south, east and west from the north and the Midlands, mm. with that link to London, which will still be built by HS2 Limited, high-speed line, I, mean, the problem, I think is the right yeah. solution. Yeah. Of course it is. It's a, it's a, it's a no-brainer. I mean, I was talking to Pete Waterman the other day, who... Yeah, uh, great fan. He, he's a big fan of this. In fact, we should get him on this week again. We had him on for my birthday, which is very nice. Yeah, and uh, we should ask him on about this, because Pete really does... He's an expert, uh, isn't he? ...have very strong feelings about this, and you're absolutely right. Uh, all I would say is, just, can we get on and build it a bit faster? We could make a hospital in about five weeks. We must be able to work faster than we are and we traditionally have in this country. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. That was uh, the clips for today. The worst of whale, or sorry, sorry, the best of James Whale. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed them. Well, I suppose if you didn't enjoy them, you won't be listening, will you? Anyway, I'll be back 7 o'clock until 10, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio. Have a great day. Thank you for listening.